0: Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah.
1: Hey, Jonathan.
0: Some of our audience may remember that last month we shared that we need to replace the bathtub in our upstairs bathroom. Mm -hmm. Well, we have begun that project and are in the middle of it as we speak.
1: Yes, if you walk into our house right now, you will find boxes and things that are normally tucked away in the laundry room and bathroom, stashed in stacks behind our couch and in our entryway, and we had to wait until there was a break in the sawing and hammering and find a quiet time in order to do this recording.
0: Exactly. This project reminds me a bit about the process of being a parent.
1: Really? How so?
0: When we first began looking at this project, we talked to different experts. We listened to them and asked questions. This allowed us to decide who we were going to trust to come into our home and do the job.
1: Yes, and one of the things that I really appreciated about the person that we hired to do this job is that he gave us some guidance to do some of the work ourselves, which saved us money.
0: That was really nice. What was also great is that he equipped us with the tools we needed to actually do those parts of the job so that we could do it ourselves. This is very similar to parenting, especially parenting a child with a disability or special needs we are often looking for experts we can trust to help us and are excited when they give us tools that better equip us for the journey. That is exactly what happens in today's podcast.
1: Yes, I love today's podcast. And our expert that we're speaking with today is Becky Davidson. Becky is the co-founder of Rising Above Ministries. And in our podcast today, you will be equipped with some wonderful, very practical tools to help you in your journey. I know Jonathan and I picked up some things that we're going to apply to our own family, and you will just love this episode
0: Becky, welcome to the Hope a New podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be with you guys
0: today. It is so wonderful to have you here as we begin. can you share about your journey and special needs?
2: Yeah, you know, my husband and I were expecting our first child and we thought everything was perfect. I'd had no problems with pregnancy or delivery. And when he was born, our son was born, he was a 9.9 APGAR. And we thought, okay, we've got our perfect family, our perfect child. And we just thought everything was perfect just as we always had expected it to be. But as our son started reaching the age of close to one, we started going, you know, he is just not meeting milestones. Those, those beloved books, you know, that tell you everything that your child should be doing. And and he just was not able to do some of the skills that they said he should be able to do. And. So we started realizing about the age of one that our life was going to look a lot different than what we thought. And as he got older, we just started getting, it was like you start with one diagnosis and then you get another diagnosis and then another diagnosis. So he is now 21, requires 24-7 care and is the sweetest young man you'll ever meet, but has cerebral palsy, autism and has seizures, has epilepsy. So it's full on care. With him, But he's just an amazing, sweet, sweet man.
1: Yeah, I hear you talk about <clears throat> the beginning of that journey and the difficulty of starting to see something's not quite normal and then searching for the answers. And that's <clears throat> such a difficult stage when you, you, you just don't know and you're searching and you have no idea what's ahead and you don't know what's wrong and you don't know anything. Right, right. Yeah. It was a scary
2: time, you know, and I think you just... You're so, at that point, so you still are like, oh well, maybe, maybe things are going to not be what I think they're going to be, and and just so hopeful that this is not going to be the journey that it, you actually are going to be on, and just kind of you know living in this state of just you know you're going from therapy to doctors to therapy to doctors, and that just becomes your whole world. And I just remember those feelings of isolation and despair of feeling like where in the world do we fit in and where do we belong?
1: Yeah. All of that. Yes, exactly. And I know our listeners can relate to that journey. Yeah, I love how you have the longer perspective now. You know, you've been living this a couple decades. Yes. <laughs> yes. And have gotten to where you've wrestled with that and you've you've gone through those transitions and now you're at a point where you can say, yeah, life isn't what we expected. And it was a lot harder than we expected. So many unknowns and bumps along the way. But he's such a beautiful man. He's such a sweet person. And how just your love for him is beautiful. And that relationship has transformed into, I mean, it was there all along. I'm not saying there was a transformation in your relationship. Right, no. But your your settledness with it, Mm -hmm. you know, has become a thing of beauty. Well, he he is just a joy and a delight, and you know
2: we often talk about the flip side, seeing the flip side of things. And you know the reality is, if John Alex had been born a typical child, he probably wouldn't be living at home with me right now. He'd be off in college. He'd be off. And what a joy it is for me to still have him with me. Of course, you want your children to be able to grow up and do those kinds of things, but. I look at it as, oh man, I get to still see him every day and get to be with him every day. And so to me, seeing the flip side of that has, has really helped me through all the hardships and things that we have faced in these so many
1: decades. Great words of wisdom there. That's so important to, even if it's not what you would have chosen, right? to look for what you can be thankful for in it.
0: You're the founder of Rising Above Ministries and actually you and your husband are. Many of our listeners may not know, but your husband passed away a year ago now?
2: No, it's been two years. It was May of 2017. He had been, had several years of dealing with pretty significant health issues, but we still thought that he would still be here with us at this point, but he unexpectedly passed away back in May of 2017.
1: When he passed away, he was writing Common Man, Extraordinary Call, and then you've gone on to finish that book. Yes. What was the inspiration and the vision for the book?
2: Well, we started Rising Above back in 2005. And so, you know, we have worked with special needs families all these years and just have such a heart and a love and a passion for helping needs, helping special needs families navigate this journey, this unexpected journey that you're on. And Jeff was in particularly passionate about helping dads. He saw time and time and time again, the dads, as he called it, leaving the post, stepping away from their family. They might still be in the home, but they would be disengaged. They would be hiding out. They would not be involved with the family or they you know, would walk away. And it kept him up at night because he just saw this happening time and time and time again. And he grew up with a phenomenal dad who just was such an inspiration to him. And so he was like, I want to teach these dads how to be involved, how to be engaged, how to love their families well. And so before he had passed away, he, he had started this book, Common Man Extraordinary Call, to equip and encourage dads on this journey. And just a few months prior to his passing, he had signed a contract with a publisher. He'd gotten a book deal. And was so excited, was working on the book. In fact, the last week of his life, he is in the ICU, very sick, and he asks for a family member to bring him his computer because he wanted to work on the book. It was that important to him. And he knew how important it was. And so when he passed away, he passed away on a Tuesday, and our son was actually in the hospital across town at the exact same time. And so I had the two most important people in my world were in separate hospitals. And so I had, when Jeff died, I went back over to the hospital where John Alex was. The next day I go home to plan Jeff's funeral. Family members stayed with John Alex in the hospital. And when I came home, there was the signed contract and his first advance check. And I was, my heart just sank because I knew, in my mind, I thought, well, this dream has died because Jeff died, you know, it's gone, but I talked, reached out to his agent and the publisher, and they were like, no, we want to do this. This is so important. And will you help us do it? And this is about a week after Jeff passed away. And I was like, yes, we'll figure it out. Not having a clue what that was going to look like. And so it was my joy and honor for the, for the next year to help, along with some friends, help finish up this book for him. It was just so important to him. And so it became so important to me. And it has been just such a dream to fulfill his dream and to see his legacy continue on through this book.
0: That's incredible. Thank you for finishing up the work. In the book, Jeff gave us this tool, and it's in the form of an acronym. The letters spell SMIAC. Am I, am I saying that right?
2: Yeah, you are SMIAC. That's right. exactly right. All
0: right. Can you share with us what does that mean and how do you use it?
2: Yeah, SMIAC is an acronym, and I'll walk you through what the different steps are for it, what each letter means in just a second. But it's basically a strategy that lays out the details of how to do a mission. Now, it's used in the military, but also nonprofits. And business owners and businesses use this as well when they're trying to map out a strategy of how to get things done. And so it's been used just in the main place it's used is in the military. But the S stands for situation. And this is where you get your background and the specifics of, you know, it's kind of the what, where, when, and why of the mission. Then you go into the mission, which outlines the responses to the situation. Like if a problem comes up, what are we going to do? How are we going to go through this mission? How are we going to line it up? So you've got situation, mission, and then the execution. And that's the how-to. This is where you provide the specific details of how you accomplish the mission And then administration is the details, you detail out the resources that you're going to need to be able to complete the mission and who's going to coordinate that. The C is for command and that's who's in charge of the job and who's going to take care of each thing.
0: Excellent. Wow, that's great. So can you give an example of how you use this in your in your home life?
2: Yeah, a great example is actually the one that's in the book when it talks about how we used to approach going to an IEP meeting. And we all know IEP meetings are stressful. And, you know, when you are going in and, and you're concerned about the questions that you need to ask and what's going to be said about your child and, and the things you need to ask for for your child. And so, you know, to go in with a strategy of how you're going to handle that situation, how you're going to get to the meeting, things you need to make sure that are covered. Do you think the SMEAC is a great way to go in with everybody being prepared and everybody being on the same page? So for us, it would be, you know, looking at we've got this meeting coming up. That's the situation. We have a meeting coming up and a lot of times we would leave a meeting feeling discouraged. So we wanted to be able to have a plan to go in to you know, hey, what are the great things about John Alex? You know, tell us what you love about our son. Tell us. So many times, you know, you walk away feeling like they only have negatives to say. So we would go in with a plan. Okay, here's our strategy. Here's what we're going to hear, the the questions that we're going to ask. And then the mission is, you know, we're going to attend the IEP meeting and successfully advocate for the needs of John Alex while protecting our family's dignity, meaning going in and, and telling all the wonderful things about our child. It's not going to be such a negative experience. And then the execution part, just breaking it down. Okay. We're going to ride separately. Just all the little details. I'm going to take care. You know, we always like to, to, sometimes we would bring in treats for the teachers. Okay. Well, I'm going to take care of that. Just breaking down those steps. Who's going to take what? And then, you know, the command is breaking. Okay. Jeff's going to pray before the meeting. I'm going to list out the things that we're grateful for to share with the staff, the things that we love about them. You know, if we want them to tell us the things that we're grateful about our son, we want to share with them what we're grateful about them. And then Jeff to be, you know, would go over the list of concerns and then after the meeting get together and debrief about the meeting. So it's just a great practical way for special needs families to go into any situation. There's other scenarios that are shared all throughout the book. Just to give you an example of how you could use this idea to go in together as a family, being prepared ahead of time to be able to foresee any issues that may come up to make sure everything is covered and prepared before you go into a situation.
0: That's great. I love it. I can see how that would help take some of the stress off the situation and just, yeah, have you in the right mindset as you go into it. So that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us.
1: Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Chapter six opens by saying that the enemy uses every difficult situation in life to try to tear us apart. That's why we see the failure of so many marriages after a diagnosis of special needs. We couldn't agree with that statement anymore. (laughs) It's (laughs) Um, highlighted in my book. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ours too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you and Jeff go on to share six ways to strengthen and fortify your family. Can you walk us through those? Sure.
2: Sure. The first step is just practical self care. And you think, well, yeah, sure. I'm a special needs parent who has time to think about myself. But if we don't do that, we are going to burn out so fast. And You know, finding a way, the the thing is, I think special needs families so often look at that and they're like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can make time for self-care. But the reality is so often that's just an excuse because we really can. If it's really important to us, if the husband and wife are both in agreement, okay, I know you need this. I know that I need this. Let's find a way to make it work. You can. You can find a way to make it work. And so Jeff really believed that it was the dad's job to see that everyone had time to be restored and replenished and to make sure that everybody was getting a break. And so practicing that self-care again, it, it looks like it's something that it's so hard to fit in. And it is, is, I'm not saying it's not challenging. It absolutely is. But even if it's just down to, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes by myself and I'm going to go sit on my porch in the quiet and drink a cup of coffee, you know, that's 15 minutes of of feeding my soul and, and, and just, you know, stepping away from the realities of, of my life. You know, we, we say in the book that, you know, you think that watching television or social media are restorative, but, but really a lot of times they're not. And so finding something that can fill you as a family and each person finding that thing.
1: Yeah. I know for me, even when our son was in the worst of it, he was, he would scream, all day and all night. He'd pass out for about 15-20 minutes at a time. But Jonathan bought me an iPod with headphones. Mm. So that even though he couldn't get us childcare or stay home from work to help, you know, right. he's like just put these in so you're not listening to that all the time. You know, just to, you right. can still be holding him. You can right. still be comforting him. Yes, but just to get some other things going into my head that would refresh me.
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: And I kind of want to speak
2: to this too, to the single parents that are out there now that I'm a, I mean, I'm a single parent now. It's I'm in a place I never in a million years thought I would be. So to any single parent who's out there listening, you know, I know so often people talk about, oh, we let your spouse come along and help you and, you know, you get that break. And it's a totally, I have all new eyes now. I'm going to cry here, but I have all new eyes for the single parent. And so as a single parent, I just encourage you, build a community of friends who can come alongside, I've built since Jeff's death, I have built me a community of friends who come alongside me and who help me. And I know now that, you know, if I'm in a bad spot, I can reach out to one of those people and they're going to come and they're not going to fill that void of Jeff, but I will have somebody I can talk to or somebody I can go to. So I just feel it's important to any single parent that's out there, it's still important for you to make time for self-care. You may not have anybody else looking out for you to make sure that happens, but I have found ways to do that in this new season in my life. And I just think it's so important for the single parents to, to try to find a way to do that as well.
0: That is extremely important. Thank you for speaking to that. And so glad that you have that community. It's can't imagine that the, the support that they, that they provide for you. Yeah,
1: very much so. Very much so. Okay, so number one is practical self-care. What's number two? Number two is watch and pray. And Jeff
2: thought, you know, and said in, it says in the book, to be a successful special needs father, you must be aware of the overall condition of your family. And, you know, the dad in the book, that Jeff talks about being in the watchtower and watching over your family, being aware of what's going on and to pray daily for your family, you know, just to to make sure that you're praying every day for your family. I mean, obviously this goes for moms as well, but this is written, you know, to the heart of the dad. And then just check in with each member of your family to make sure, hey, is everybody doing okay? How are you feeling? And to have some questions that you can ask, you know, what was the worst part about your day? What was the best part of the day? You know, what happened in your day? that was great. Or, you know, was this was this a let's do this again day or is this a bad day? You know, this is a day I don't ever want to do again. And so just checking in with them, but then letting them know, hey, you know what, I'm praying for you. And is there anything in particular that you're struggling with? How can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you this week? And, you know, Jeff was fabulous at that. Jeff prayed for our family and I can remember so many times waking up in the night and seeing Jeff sitting in the corner of our bedroom and he would be up praying, praying for our family. And I always knew this was, this is one of the things that I miss most about Jeff is if I woke up in the night and I was stressing out about something, I was fearful, I was afraid, I could go and I could wake Jeff up and tell him what was going on. He would not get mad at me. He would not go, why are you waking me up? But he would sit up, he would stop, he would pray with me, he would take authority over whatever was bothering me, and then we both could go back to sleep. And that was such a gift to me as his wife to know that, that he had my back and that he was going to be the spiritual leader and go to war for our family and go to war for me. And I just cannot tell you what that did for me as his wife.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And what a blessing to you, but also what a standard mm-hmm. and vision to cast for other fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I just need to make a flashcard with all these ideas on it and laminate it, stick <laughs> in my wallet, have <laughs> yeah. yeah, this available so I can look back and remember. So, yeah, this is excellent. Thank you. So.
1: Okay. Number three.
2: Yeah. Number three is search the scriptures. And again, this is something that we really do in our family. It's having scriptures that you can pray over your family. Praying over your family is fabulous. But man, when you infuse those prayers with God's word, it just takes it to a whole new level. And so What I do a lot of times is, you know, depending on what we've got going on. So if, you know, if John Alex is dealing with not sleeping, well, I go to the Psalms and I find the verses, you know, that talk about sleep and we will pray those verses over him. A big one in our house is, you know, no weapon formed against our family will prosper. We take the verse and we personalize it for our family. A big one that, that I use as well is, you know, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Just whatever your family is currently dealing with, to find those scriptures and then infuse them into your prayers to just, you know, up that warfare for your family. Having scriptures that you claim over your family, John 9, 3, my goodness, that is like a life verse for us you know and that's the verse that says neither this man or his parents sinned jesus said this is when they're saying like who sinned did this did this man said the man that he was born blind you know was did he sin or did his parents sin and jesus was like no 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 no. neither this man or his parents sin but this happened so that the works of god might be displayed in his life and i think for so many especially on his parents we, we struggle okay gosh what did i do something wrong or did i sin or did i cause this and to be able to go back to what Jesus said about this man who was born blind and go, no, it. this is so the works of God can be displayed in him. So finding those scriptures that are particular to your child that you can speak over your child or your family or any situation that you are facing is just huge.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And one thing that I absolutely love about that for the entire family, even those with typical kids, is absolutely. that this absolutely shows how... It lives out how Jesus is relevant in our lives today, every day. It's living, Mm -hmm. it's active, it's a personal relationship. It's not just something you do one Sunday or to check off a box. Yes. He is alive and active in our everyday, every moment life. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So as a family would you share these scriptures with each other and let each other know what you're praying over the family?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just you, and we pray, you know, out loud as a family. I pray over John Alex before he goes to bed, we pray at meals and just to, to use them then, use them in your prayers or whatever. I think what's really cool, especially, you know, if you have a typical child, you know, if they're struggling, you know, with something at school or struggling with friends, to as a family sit down and go cuz let's find some verses that speak to this. And then teaching them then how to pray those those things over them. You know, for me, when I have these key verses that are critical to me that I have deep down in my heart, that I've memorized just over the years, that when I'm in that warfare situation, I'm in that stressful situation, that fearful situation, I can recall that verse and speak it out loud. And I think it's so important to teach our verbal kids how to do that. But my goodness, John Alex, even though he is nonverbal, his spirit gets it. And he understands and he knows. And so just because he's nonverbal doesn't mean that he doesn't understand and doesn't, if I speak those scriptures over him, that he's not going to memorize those. And then when he's fearful or scared, then he, in his mind, can recall them. He may not be able to, you know, verbally speak those, but his spirit can can bring those to his remembrance. But it's, but I've got to teach him those things.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I love how it, how it teaches your family to dig into God's word and how it's living. Yeah, it keeps it forefront in their lives and minds and helps it stay a priority in their life too. So
2: Well, and there was a time, you know, we were dealing with some I think it was a season when John Alex was not sleeping well. And I took scriptures, I wrote them on cards, and I put them around the door frame of his room. You know, so they were just his room was covered, you know, his entranceway to his room was covered with these with these scriptures. And so that's, you know, that's just something else that you can do as well.
0: Excellent.
1: I'm making a note. So we have number one, practical self-care. Number two, watch and pray. Number three, search the scriptures. And
2: then there's number four is speak life. You know, the, the tongue has the power of life and it's, and its death. And, you know, our words contain the power to either give life or our words can crush our family. And, you know, Jeff used to talk about this all the time and about how the power of our words and what we say over the people that are in our family, in our life. You know, our words matter and we've got to speak life over our children and over our, our spouses and the people in our life every day. Because the words that we say have so much power that the people in our life are going to believe about themselves what we say about them. And Jeff just talked about making making it a daily priority to speak positively over your family to speak those words that affirm your family and again he was the best at it every night he and John Alex would go and swing and I can still hear them Jeff would be in his room Jay has a platform swing in his room and I would be in the kitchen doing the dishes Jeff would be in there swinging John Alex and he had these silly little things that he would say to John Alex like John Alex you're my number one man my big you know just all these things that he would just speak over him that was the sweetest, sweetest thing. And then every night he would say, John Alex, you know, I love you, buddy. You know, and just you're the best son that a dad could ever ask for. And, you know, we tell him night, Superman. That was the name of his blog that he started about his journey as a special needs dad. And so every night it was like John Alex never went to bed without hearing his dad affirm him. And I do the same. I mean, I will tell him John Alex Man, you are the best son a mom could ever ask for. And he's nonverbal. The world would look at him and say, you know, well, he doesn't understand. He doesn't know. And I'm like, John Alex, you are brilliant. You are brilliant. And you are wise. And I just speak those affirming things over him. And, you know, I will tell him so many times, it started this when he was a little, little guy. And I would say, John Alex, out of all the moms in the world, God picked me to be your mama. And I'm so glad he did. And then, you know, out of all the little boys in the world, God picked you to be my boy. And I'm so glad he did. And I mean, and I'm constantly just like, John X, I am so proud to be your mama. You know, even now, I mean, I'm still all that, you know, still every night he's hearing before he goes to bed, how proud I am of him and how much I love him. And so thankful I am that he is my son. And it's just so important. I know as special needs parents, we get so beat down and we're so tired. And, you know, we feel like nobody sees us so often and and it's so hard to get in that place. But when we can shift that perspective and when we're speaking those words of life, it does something to us. Even when we're speaking that to somebody else, it does something inside of us as well. And it changes how we perceive our
1: child as well. It does. And you've mentioned You know how John Alex is nonverbal. And our son used to be nonverbal, but he began talking, and goodness, he'll talk your ear off now. (laughs) But he remembers being nonverbal.
0: Oh, wow. He
1: can tell you, like, how he would take things in or how he would want to communicate something and couldn't. And so, like, we never know what our kids are absorbing you know, we yes, never know absolutely. just how much they are taking in. Yeah, what a gift to give them. Oh, the story of your husband and your son just brings tears to my eyes as you describe their bedtime, yeah. and nighttime routine. What a treasure. It was a sweet, sweet time. And
2: I think, honestly, that's one of those things I, at night I often, I grieve that for John Alex, that he doesn't have his dad telling him that anymore. And so, but I can't. And I always did, and I, and I you know, obviously still do and continue, but it's just, it's so important. You know, we want to hear those good things. We want to hear people encourage us. Well, so do our kids, even if we think they don't understand, they do. They do, and they hear our tone, and they hear how how we respond to them. It's just so important.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, I love what you said, too, with, you know, some people it's more natural than for other people. I keep going back to the scene plays out from Pride and Prejudice. Where I believe it was Mr. Darcy, and I'm sorry if, if you're not familiar with Pride and Prejudice. But
2: I know Pride and Prejudice, very, yeah. But yeah. he's
0: talking to Elizabeth, <laughs> and he's basically saying how he's not good at talking and being social and so forth. And she's like, well, you know, the way to get over that is to practice. Yeah. And so you see him come down to the cottage or whatever and being his awkward self and trying to practice. And it went horribly, but he tried, and he got better at it. And yeah. I just keep playing that through my mind as I think about, okay, so I'm not that good at this. But you know what? I can start. Absolutely, we'll, we'll get better at it. So,
2: absolutely, and it just—it does grow. It grows once you start doing it. It just becomes a natural part. Now, and I will tell you, and Jeff would be the first one to tell you, he was terrible at it early on. Terrible at it. Terrible at it. But he started doing it, and then once you start doing it, it just becomes—you feel it changes. Like I said, it changes something in you, and you just—you can't help but do it. You can't help but speak those positive things and, and those encouraging things of your family. Once you start seeing their reaction
1: and seeing how they respond, it's life-giving to everyone.
0: Yes, so true.
1: It is. There's so much power in there. Yes. Okay. Number four, Speak Life. Number five is... Number five is approve, you know,
2: just letting people know that you approve of them. You know, Jeff talks in the story, in the book about, you know, like remember when you were a kid and you would go, hey, dad, watch this or, you know, watch, you know, you always wanted your dad's approval when you were out jumping on your bike or, you know, doing whatever, you know, hey, watch this. And I think it's in the heart of every little boy to earn the love and respect of their dad. And, you know, some dads, some of us growing up had great dads. Some did not have a dad who set a great example in our life of approval. And again, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. I had a dad who later in his life was fabulous at like, you know, never got off the phone without hearing I loved him, would always be encouraging and whatnot. Not everybody grew up that way. And so when you don't have that, it's hard to do. Same thing with approval. If you never felt like you got approval from your dad, you may feel like I'm going to withhold that from my child or from my family, but we all want that approval of going, you know what, you're doing a good job, that encouragement of somebody sees me and they see that I'm doing a good job and give it, you know, that attaboy or that attagirl, you're, you're doing it. And so I think that's just, it's such an important part, letting, letting other people know that you approve of them, that you love them and what you appreciate about them.
1: Yeah. I'm starting to pick up on, I wonder if one of Jeff's love languages was words of affirmation. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm seeing a lot of Absolutely. words of affirmation here and so well done. And so, yeah. So for those listeners who have kids whose love languages is, is words of affirmation. I mean, these are incredible for everyone, but especially those kids. Yeah. And that's why I picked you know, up on it because that's our typical son. Yeah, that's his love language.
2: Well, and Jeff would even, like for John Alex, he started, it was really sweet. The last couple of years of Jeff's life, he would occasionally stick a note in John Alex's lunchbox and just say, you're the best son. a dad." And just different little things. You're the best son a dad could ever ask for. I love you. Now you think about that. It, it was in his lunchbox. John Alex couldn't read that. But what they did, there were other students who were there who would read that to him. Now, these are other higher functioning, special needs kids who could read it. And they would see, they got the example of a dad loving and respecting his son with special needs. That was just a great example of the value that we place place on our son. The world would look at him and go, oh, well, he can't do this and he can't do that, but we see great value in him and we are going to let everyone know that we see great value in him and just that ripple effect that has on so many people.
1: Yeah. And you can always find something to approve of and encourage. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That brings us to number six.
2: Yes. And number six is to gather and just coming together as a family. You know, we live in this fast paced world where we're running, A million different places at one time, sitting down for a family dinner in a lot of homes just doesn't happen. And, you know, I have found, especially even now, now that Jeff is no longer here, I find that community when I get together with my girlfriends being around, you know, that there's something that happens around the table. You know, communication happens around the table. And so when you can find that time as a family, you make it a priority, whether it's going to be, hey, we're going to have dinner together, you know, make sure that this happens, you know, how many of our nights a week or coming together, just everybody go sit on the porch together and have conversation starters or just, you know, again, John Alex is nonverbal. I still talk to him. I still you know, tell him, you know, hey, buddy, how was your day and have conversations with him, even though he doesn't reply. He does. He does in his own way reply. But finding those times to come together and do those things, finding something that you can do as a family instead of being so scattered. And I know, you know, I think when, when you have a family that has typicals and special needs, you know, it's challenging to do that. And so but finding ways to do that for, for us, serving together as a family has been a huge, huge part of that. And there's actually in that chapter, there is a, a breakdown of a, a SMEAC scenario of how you could do a service project together as a family to gather together to strengthen your family we used to do that you know of course with rising above events we would go and serve together but now john alex and i i'm like hey okay, buddy we're going to find some ways that we can serve and be involved so our churches we call it fam jam it's kind of like our vbs but it's for the whole family well we've signed up to be greeters and so John Alex and I are going to go work the door, do that together. He and I are going to do that together. We are going to go serve together. He'll be in his wheelchair. I'll be the one, you know, greeting. I'll probably will put something on his communication device so that he can greet as well. You know, and then what a great example that is to the typical families who are coming into this event to see our special needs family. there serving them.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful. As I said earlier, I think I just need to. A- Take those printers off and put them in my wallet and uh, have them them (laughs) with me as a reminder. There's
1: gold in there.
0: So I love it. Thank you for walking us through this.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, we open the podcast by saying there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. This reminds me of a paragraph in Jeff's book where he shares what he would tell his younger self, and that is, this journey is going to be harder than you can imagine, but it is going to be one of the most richly rewarding experiences in your life. There is purpose in the pain a message in the mess, and every trial will produce triumph. If you surrender your pain to God, then God will reveal himself to you in unspeakable ways. I love that. I love that paragraph. Can you share a little bit more about that and give us your perspective?
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. That's one of my most favorite quotes too in the book, because it's so true. And I think You know, I'm coming at the special needs life now as a mom of of a child who's an adult. So I see things completely differently than I did in those early years. And, you know, early on, it was, you know, oh, my goodness, our life's going to be so hard and seeing all the negatives and seeing how all the challenges that we and we we did face challenge upon challenge upon challenge. But what we saw in time was, oh, my goodness, what a blessing. And how thankful we were, like I said before, you know, that God chose us. God chose us to raise the son. And that last part, you know, if you surrender your pain to God, then God will reveal himself to you in unspeakable ways. And we've seen that time and time and time again. You know, I'm now a widow raising a child with profound special needs. It is a life I could never have imagined. It is a life harder than I could have ever. You know, I thought being a special needs mom was tough. Well, you add in this aspect of it. It's that much harder. But you know what? We are learning, giving that to God and letting him show me, you know what? I'm still here with you. I'm walking this with you. I have not abandoned you I'm going to walk you through this new season in your life. And, you know, I think early on when we were special needs parents, we were fighting against the diagnosis and we were so angry and so mad. And so, you know, in the cave, and there's a part in the book that the heading of it is acceptance. It is well with my soul. And when we came to that place of going, okay, God, this is not the life that we would have chosen. This is harder than we could have ever imagined. But when we said, you know what, we accept that this is the, for whatever reason, this is the path that you have us on, then that peace and that feeling of it is well with my soul just totally took over and we started, yeah, we still had challenges. We still had battles. We still had things that we had to, you know, face at school and face with new diagnoses and, and whatnot, but we handled it so much better. And so much differently when we were able to surrender that to God and go, okay, I don't understand this. I don't like this, but we trust that for whatever reason, you're going to, you know, this is happening. You're going to use this for your good. And then you can come to that place of, okay, it is well with my soul. And that peace just overtakes you.
0: Yeah, it's so important. That word surrender there, it just brings a whole shift in how we think, how we accept. absolutely, Where we're at.
1: Yeah, that's critical. Um, but you don't get there overnight. That's for sure. Oh heavens, no! It took us. A, it took us a long,
2: long time. And I think for a lot of special needs parents, I, I was asked this question before in an interview: Did we come to that place at different times? You know, because I know that's a problem. You know, that's an issue that we see in a lot of special needs families. You know, the moms at one point in the path, the dads at another point. But I think Jeff and I early on, we put some practical things in place in our marriage of just going, okay, we're on the same team. We're doing this together. We are not, you know, it's not, we just worked together. I'm sure there was a little, you know, difference in the time of when we got there, but we truly got there at the same time where we could be at that place of it as well. And then when things would pop up, we were able to handle it so much better.
1: That's so true. As we look toward wrapping up, Is there anything you would like to say to parents of children impacted by special needs and disability before we close? Yeah,
2: there's actually a couple of things. You know, I've I've started a new thing that I'm looking at about about redefining life and, you know, looking at grief, grief as a special needs parent, grief as when we've lost a loved one. Grief, you know, just grieving the losses in our life, just even losing a job or losing something that was important to us. And I think it is so important that we do grieve those losses. You know, when we have a child with special needs, we had these dreams and visions of what we thought things were going to look like. And we do have to grieve those things. We, you know, grieve them, acknowledge them. But then we move on and we move on by being grateful for the things that we do have. So I think it's important, you know, yes, grieve those, grieve those losses, grieve the life that you thought you were going to have, but then redefine it by moving on, being grateful, finding the things that, you know, this is not how my life, how I thought it was going to look, but finding those things that you are grateful for because of this situation that you are now dealing with. You can always, always, always find the beauty even in the hardships. So I think that's really very important. And something else, this is something that someone told me, it was actually my sister, when John Alex was probably three years old. And I remember her telling me, she said, Becky, she said, you will set the tone for how others respond to John Alex. Meaning, you know, if I, if we're out in the community And he's making his noises, or he has a fit, or he's rocking. And you know, he's uh, has autism. He likes to rock. And if people are staring or making comments, I'm going to choose how people respond. I'm going to set the tone. If if I act like I'm embarrassed or you know, oh my goodness, we've got to get out of here, then people are going to see that and feed into that. But if I'm like, you know what, this is my son, and he is awesome, and would you like to meet him because he is absolutely amazing, then people are going to. People are either going to go, oh my goodness, I'm going to walk away, and not, you know, <laughs> or they're going to go, oh wait a minute, look how look how she loves her son, even though he's acting like that or doing that. And that was such a lesson to me. I remember being in the grocery store one time, and I was had John Alex, and we were in the frozen food section, and I'm pushing him, I'm pushing him in his in his chair, and I'm pulling the grocery cart behind me, and. A Lady, she was being very sweet, but she looked at me and she said, Oh my goodness, I can't imagine how hard that must be. And I remember I'm sitting there thinking, Okay, yeah, it is hard, you know. But then I'm like, John Alex can hear her, you know. John Alex is hearing her say this, and so I was like, You know what? I said, He is an amazing shopper, he does so great, and he, you know, he is no problem at all. I said, We've got this. And she kind of looked at me like I wasn't crazy, but you know, I was like, I thought, I'm gonna set the tone, plus my son can hear her. And so I want him to hear what I think about him. And so just remember that we're going to set the tone for how people are going to respond. And then the biggest thing that's for me here lately is finding community. And I know that that is so hard. I know it is hard for special needs parents. I think special needs parents is so easy to stay in that cave and stay cocooned because we think it's safer and better. But man, community is just so vital and so important. And so finding the people who will come alongside you, do life with you, it's so important. So making community a priority is so critical.
0: This has been wonderful. Now, how can our audience find you? How can they keep in touch with you?
2: Well, I'm in lots of different places on social media. So the Rising Above, we have a fabulous website with amazing resources, some free downloadable information and then just information about all of our events that we host throughout the year. And so you can find Rising Above at risingaboveministries.org. You can find me, I have a personal website called redefinethislife.com. And you can also find information about the book, Common Man, Extraordinary Call. There's a website where it's, it's so great because you can go and if you never got to personally hear Jeff speak, there are videos of him speaking. There are podcasts of some of his sermons. And he not only was a fabulous writer. But, oh, my goodness, he was one of the most amazing speakers that I've ever heard. And I know I'm a little biased, but a lot of people would say the same thing. So you can go and hear, actually hear him on that website. And that website is CommonManExtraordinaryCall.com. And when you go there, then you can find links to where I am on Facebook and Instagram as well.
0: Perfect. Well, we will post links to those in our show notes. (laughs) Thank you for your vulnerability today and for chatting with us.
2: Spectacular. Well, thank you guys. I'm so honored to be with you today and just appreciate all that you guys do as well. So thank you so much.